1: From Cake Making to Wine Tasting. For more information,
2: visit culinarycenter.com. Hey, 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 I'm Jimmy Carboni from Beer Sessions Radio. You're listening to Heritage Radio Network, broadcasting live from Bushwick, Brooklyn. If you like this program, visit heritageradionetwork.org for thousands more.
3: We talk about food. We talk about music. Snap.
4: right, welcome to Snacky Tunes. I am one half your host, Greg Bresnitz. Darren is off this week at a food event in L.A., um, leaving me here to man the studio alone with these three fine gentlemen in front of me. That was just wall. They will be in studio. They're really in studio. That is a nice full drum kit right behind you, Paul. Um, But first, uh, midnights. Well, mid... A line <laughs> Knights, Brooklyn. <laughs> um, I mean, I, I tried to Google it. It, it kind of works, kind of doesn't work. Um, do you want to go around and introduce yourselves and your, your roles? Sure. Uh, my name's
5: Rafael Van Kooten. I'm half uh, of the uh, co-owner uh, of
1: Midnights.
4: But yeah. your own person in your own right.
5: Yes.
3: Yeah, yes. okay. <laughs>
1: I'm Marcellus Coleman. I'm a Zego chef uh, I am Paul Colby. I am the creative and marketing director and partner with Raff and Devin in the Midnight.
4: Uh, <laughs> um, let's talk about the the restaurant first. What is the uh, the concept and the idea behind it?
5: Um, I think that story, as in many things, is is, is a long story. Uh, okay, so we'll try to give you the. It's uh, internet
4: radio, but we yeah. only have twenty two minutes. Yeah, so, <laughs> uh, yeah I'll try know. to give you the Cliff Notes <laughs> yeah. version yeah, of yeah, it. Yeah, yeah,
5: yeah. Um, I mean, in its concept, it's kind of everything at its core for the development of my talents, the chef's talents, and my business partner. Um, we all kind of, my, my business partner and I kind of like grew up in the industry together, I guess you can say. I actually gave him his first job when he moved to New York. Um, what but what the, was it? Uh, he was a bartender. Oh, okay. Uh, I was opening Maysville, actually. Okay. A buddy of mine oh. uh, owned that restaurant. What was the first cocktail that you felt like you perfected? The first cocktail... Uh, the Manhattan. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. It was a good one. Yeah, it's a good my one. favorite. So yeah. good answer. Good. Me too. But honestly, yeah. I guess
4: yeah. you. You know, you perfect what you want to drink. Yeah. Yeah.
5: Um, yeah. So I mean, he kind of like went on his way and went to bars and nightlife, and I kind of stayed. You know, always at the front of the house, um, operations. You know, I, I came from the back of the house, but I always loved the front of the house operations and that's kind of how the name came about, uh, midnights, MID and then there's a pipeline, and then nights. Uh the mid part of that represents me, who's always been like kind of the middleman to getting the job mm-hmm. done in the front of the house. And the night side of that is Devin. He's always been the bar, cocktail, nightlife kind of guy. So that's where the entire concept came from. But the real true idea of it is just to kind of give the quality and technique and skill level of a chef like Marcellus, and we bring it down literally to the table. Mm. You know, we bring it down to people that come in the restaurant that we want to give them the experience that, you know, you're getting high-end quality food, but you're not paying this, like, crazy high-end price, and nobody's being pretentious about it. You know, we're in Brooklyn, so, you know, we're all Brooklyn kids, and we want to deliver that to people.
4: Yeah, it's interesting. I mean, I think there was, like, a time as, like, the food truck comes like, they're going to, like, the micro-tweezers, and, like, they were like, I mean, I don't even know how I paid for the meals that I that I had, and then there's kind of, like, that swing back where, like, you still want quality, but it not necessarily, like, your entire paycheck or more than your entire paycheck wow. is going into it. So, I mean, how do you, you know, approach the food? I mean, knowing that, like, all the things are options on the plate, like, where do you begin to kind of take it down to, to deliver that type of uh, quality, but at, like not insane uh overtures
2: <clears throat> well actually what we do is uh we we buy high quality ingredients but we use things like you know rainbow trout which is just a great fish instead of using a, something like turbo or halibut or we use short ribs or we use mussels we just take the best ingredients that we can and we still offer it at a very fair price but the technique is, is there and uh and we also give the service and everything that we give. You know, it, it's the whole value. The whole the whole experience is what we try to offer. You know, we don't want we don't want to come out there and like rape anybody. I actually, want to say that on radio. But yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, we don't we don't want to rape. But we want to give you the same experience. That, like I'm from 11 Madison Park W50, but those we want to give you the same experience that you have there, but at a level where it's approachable. Well, I mean, it's interesting. I mean. Um... You know, it's
4: like it's, it's funny now, like so many restaurants open and it's like, per se, French Laundry, like, you know, Eleven Madison, all of those things. And so that is like a perception of one thing of what you're going to get. But with the food you're actually doing is like all of those things, but not any of those things. Yeah.
2: It's, I mean, it's pretty much still the same ingredients. Yeah. It's just that, you know, we're just not, I mean, marking it up as, yeah. as they do, to be yeah. honest. Here. Yeah.
4: Uh, and then so, like, I mean, given that experience, I mean, it's kind of like, you know, you go to the mountains, you learn it, like, you know, you learn for those type of things. What is it, you know, what is it you take from there that, you know, outside of, like, marking it up? But, I mean, there is, like, a, a level of attention to detail, et cetera. Like, what do you take from those and translate it into, uh, you know, a, a more approachable
2: uh, Consistency. Mm. I mean, we take consistency from there. You know, it's like everything you do there is always consistent and it's on point. And that's what we try to do the same thing at, uh, at Midnight's. You know, we try to get, I mean, I, I guarantee that we're giving the same quality and doing the same flavors, if not better than most restaurants in New York City, but we're doing it at, uh, the way we want to do it. We want to make it accessible and make it for everybody. We don't want people to come in and think that they have to be a certain way or have to do a certain thing to eat here. I mean, you'll have the same thing that you'll get there for a third of the price, mm. portions are fair, mm. service is great, and the, you get it with a smile. I mean, it's interesting that like I mean, the, the things that you
4: say um, are like should be based assumptions, right? Fair price, I mean, it's good service. But I mean, I
2: mean it's not BS. It right? That's yeah, yeah, what yeah. we really are. Yeah.
4: No, but I'm, but I'm saying I think like there's uh, you know that like the Brooklyn service, non-existent. Yeah. Well, I mean, it, I mean, whatever that might be, but uh, you know. We've always said on the show that like you know dining is a two way experience. If you want to be super literal, it's like I'm working and making money, and I'm giving you money, and you you give me a good product. But I, I mean, I think it's like it's interesting to think that what you took from the place was consistency and service, which I think like some people would say, oh, I learned like great knife skills or like you know great seasoning, but it's like. And interesting to say, like, those are the things that come first aside from everything else.
5: Yeah, I think that is because those are the things that people see. Mm. You know, like, that's the important thing. Like, the, the perception and the vision of the entire atmosphere when you walk in, you know, from the person greeting you at the door till you're sitting down being served. Nobody's seeing your knife skills. That doesn't matter. <laughs> you know, it can be fantastic or it can be mediocre. What matters at the end of the day is really when somebody comes in, does that all add up what you're doing in the back of the house and Mm -hmm. does it translate to the front of the house you know and that's the important part for us and that's what we constantly want to give you know I think you know you say the Brooklyn service and we've all lived in Brooklyn for a long time (laughs) and I I think we were just sitting in restaurants and we're just like this shouldn't be like this you know where did the hospitality go where did the community go you know, where's the delivery? And you don't have to, you know, I, I think we spent a lot of time figuring out numbers and facts and all this stuff. But you don't have to, you know, be a millionaire, Danny Meyer or Steven Starr, to, like, give that level. You know, you can find quality people. You know, we didn't Craigslist anything. Mm. We grew up in this business, so we, we, we called on our friends. Yeah. We said, look, we're opening a restaurant. Like, come be a part of it, you know. And everybody that works there, they know us. And they know our level of, of service and the quality that we expect. You know, and they're easy. It's easy translation yeah. to deliver it. I mean, and, and I know your background, but you two also have like two pretty like non-traditional backgrounds. right? Yeah. Um, I mean, I grew up in a kitchen. My grandmother owned a catering company, but. Uh, oh, what was her specialty? Uh, man, I grew up in the Caribbean. So, you know, oh. it was like roti <laughs> and like curry and all this stuff. Um, I was a bit military brat, so I bounced around a lot. Mm. Um, but yeah, I mean, I came here when I came to this country. Um, I kind of went off the path in being a football player, and mm-hmm. then I had an injury, and then I found my way into the CIA in Hyde Park um, through this BOCES program that my high school had, and I went to my dad. I'm like, look, I want to be a chef. I think it's a thing I want to do. And he was like, absolutely not. Yeah. You know, he was like, you're going to law school. Yeah. And I went to law school. The minute I was done, I moved right back to the city, yeah. and I uh, became a server and just kind of like worked my way up. I mean, my first job was washing dishes, and I think everybody kind of what had was the start, restaurant? You know? um, it was upstate uh, when I was like 14. It was a ra- ra- rail road house inn or something like that. Oh, okay. We had a train that went around the dining room. Oh, really? uh, <laughs> <laughs> kind of always, very, always <laughs> a classy song. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It was great, like when it was
4: Christmas, but when it wasn't, it's was, like why <laughs> is train he's going around the dining room? That's like that advice, like if you write a book about apple. Don't put an apple on the cover. Yeah. It's like, no, we get it. Yeah, 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 train yeah, yeah. theme, no, we got oh,
1: train. Okay, good. Got yeah, you. yeah. And, um, and Paul, what was your, your background? Um, I, I'm a little bit of the oddball in the group. Um, I'd never worked in the restaurant industry before I moved to New York. I did um, one of his
5: first jobs, too.
1: Yeah, yeah. So, uh, pretty funny story. Uh, I was actually in the military and it took me to Hawaii. And I, was, I went to school out there, and I, I met Raph's ex-girlfriend out there, <laughs> Carla Razuski, who is a pretty prominent sommelier now yeah. in her own right. She's making her blind. And... Uh we became really good friends and she's convincing me to move to New York and like i was a journalism major i was like i'm going to go work in magazines you know and I, I moved to New York and i live on the floor of Carlin Raff's apartment on an air mattress and i wake up every morning like hammock mode cuz you know it's just deflated and raff got me my first job at a, at a restaurant and from that moment on i was like i'm never gonna fucking work in a restaurant again <laughs> this is the worst fucking job ever you know like <laughs> got into magazines got into like fashion and marketing come like eight years later you know i'm like i'm freelancing i did some traveling i come back and uh i'd kind of you know i'd been working with rath and devin on you know like invested with them and trying to you know support them in any way i could and Started literally building out the space with them, and the more we explored things about like marketing and and the, you know the creative vision of the restaurant, just kind of like we we all came to a conclusion that I would you just come on board full time. <laughs> I was like, why not? You know, it's like with my friends and my own business and yeah. my own neighborhood. And uh, and then you know met Marcel's through here and it's like uh, it's kind of meant to be I guess. Yeah, K- kicking and screaming though. Yeah, yeah, oh yeah. You know, I was like restaurant now. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, No, But now he's a natural fit. I mean, he's kind
2: oh, of. He the does face. a great job too. Yeah, He's on the floor and everything. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> Oh man,
1: dropping dishes. <laughs> first time, first time. Raph tells me got to use a tray. I'm like, this is a bad idea. I was like, I was like, I've never held a tray. <laughs> Spilled a drink all over a lady. Shattered. Yeah. I mean, that was,
4: like, the first restaurant job I had. I, like, lied about my background, and it was, like, really good until I cleared my first table. Yeah. they were, like, P- come here. Like, you, you never yeah. I was like, please don't fire yeah, me. I yeah. 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 I did that, too.
5: A lot about, I, I told this this other, like, restaurant, really prominent restaurant where I grew up yeah. called Chenna, uh, super fancy Italian restaurant. I walked in there in, like, a suit, and I was like, yeah, I've worked in restaurants. Uh, the guy hired me. I don't know why, but he yeah. hired me. And I came in, and I remember the gig was up when they were like, oh, we're going to put truffles on this. Dish. I was like, oh, yeah. like the chocolate?
4: Yeah. yeah. <laughs> He was
5: like, what did you just say? And I was like, like the chocolate. And he was like, no,
4: like the mushroom. Yeah.
5: You know, like, yeah. <laughs> I had no idea. I knew the gig was up. I don't know why he kept me. but yeah.
4: I mean, because I think like everyone probably has a similar story. Like they're just yeah. trying to yeah. like, I mean, the fact that you probably showed up on time and you put a suit on was probably yeah. like 10 steps above some of like, yeah. the people who might yeah. have had experience. Um, we're going to take a quick musical break. We're going to talk about playlists in the restaurant, uh, a little bit more about the food. Um, and we will be right back on Snacky Tunes. So I know music is a uh, big part of the vibe there. So, um, what goes into the
1: playlist curation?
3: <laughs> a lot of
1: arguing. Yeah,
2: we
3: all.
1: If have, there's anything that we we all bitch about more, it's music. It's, it's yeah. music, yeah. but.
2: Um, but. Paul, right here, is a great DJ. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see that. Yeah. That's another one he
1: has under his belt. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I'm a big music fan. Yeah. So, I mean, I just I just have a large re- collection ranging from, you know, like African to Indians, of, you know, the, yeah, everything rock. you hear. Yeah. yeah.
4: Yacht Rock. I mean, I could definitely see it's like, it's like, fine, put the turbo on the menu. But if you put that song on the playlist, I don't know if I can work here. <laughs> <laughs>
1: like,
4: I, I, just, I just don't think with this partner, you guys just don't understand what I'm saying. Yeah,
3: so,
1: no. <laughs> no, it's nothing like that you know i mean it's 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 a little bit of a of trial and error and it's feeling out the 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 space and the crowd at the time because sometimes you know some things work at you know and some other times they don't you know um and definitely one thing we've we've kind of learned over the weeks is you know how to kind of distinguish ourselves from like the typical things that go on at williamsburg Mm -hmm. so you know it's Like, Saturday night, we decided, you know, we found this great soul DJ, DJ Mojo. He plays, like, soul and funk and a little bit of, like, afro Mm. jazz and stuff. And it's just, like, it creates this really lively, fun cocktail scene, but where you just, like, can sit and eat and enjoy yourself and kind of distinguish yourself from, you know, like, the usual, like, Fetty Wap um, (laughs) and, you know... You know, like electronic house that is like bouncing off the the walls everywhere around town. You know, not to say there's anything wrong with that. It's just that it's not our our thing. You know, it's not the kind of vibe we're trying to create. And like, I mean, outside of like a DJ, which is like a obvious thing. Like
4: when you're going into the playlist creation, you know, like what makes it on there, and like what do you feel like kind of like matches the food that you're
1: producing? Uh, Fela. Yeah. Okay.
4: Yeah. Yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah. I mean, look, Mar- I mean, we, we, yeah. We, we, yeah, yeah. Marcel's does like amazing. You know, people always ask us like, "What's what's your cuisine?" We say, "Oh, it's like modern American, but like everything's got like a little global twist on yeah. it." You know, and it's like it's it it has like a a funky vibe of yeah. It's it's it is. It's like an Afro jazz meal. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Good good way to put it.
4: Um, and then I mean, uh, for like inside of that, I mean, it, it's, like it's midnight, so like when I look at the, the restaurant side, like it is a late night type type of vibe. So like, how does like the menu also like reflect that or like an, an evening out or like kind of that experience? Well,
2: basically, you know, we have this really great kick-ass menu that's, yeah. uh, for dinner, but then we transition. Right into the mm-hmm. uh, which I will say is probably the best late night menu. Yeah, I, I would agree with. That. And the, I mean, it's like, I mean, it's not being cocky or arrogant. Yeah. It's, or just it's a arrogant, real menu, but yeah. it's like yeah. it's not something you know. It's like you know you go to most restaurants and not to knocking those restaurants. We have a, they have sliders, it's or, a burger, yeah, cheese fries, hot dogs. But this you know, is yeah. like you know we're we're like giving you you know like we do these uh, friends we do these wings. Uh, and you're like wings, what? But no, what we do is we come feed them in duck fat, mm. and then we uh, grill them, mm-hmm. so they get really crispy instead of having to put them in the fryer later. Yeah. And, and so it's not fried, and then we we uh, toss it with like a pomegranate glaze. Put uh, you know, put a little uh, seasoning on it, you know, fried garlic and then do a, you know, a nice uh, smoked feta, yogurt mm-hmm. with yeah. some pickle, pickles. But
4: I mean, that's yeah. that's the thing from your, your culinary background where it's like, it's like, you know, you could make, I mean, you could just say, okay, here's the burger, here's the wings, here's the fries, everything, yeah. but it takes all of your knowledge and like drills it down to like what tastes good and what do people, like now in the modern food age, no one like wants to eat stringy oysters and like a, a bad burger like they'll eat late but they
2: want the quality I mean, we, do, we do two burgers yeah three uh, burgers okay three yeah three burgers you know one's a veggie burger that's actually and people are like it's amazing yeah, yeah. And that's know, available late like we, night. we we when we talked, you know uh when raf approached me and uh i mean it was when we first sat down you know uh yeah. and for an interview or whatever it lasts almost two hours which is unheard of mm-hmm. and we talked about food and philosophy and our thing was like you know what We're tired of like What everybody else is doing With like if Somebody wants a fucking burger we will going give them A good burger Like yeah. it shouldn't It shouldn't be an afterthought Yeah It should be something like We're gonna take We're gonna approach it like Per se we're approach you know they're it's you know like, <laughs> they're yeah, gras. We're gonna approach, and that's exactly what we've done. You know our muscles, our our veggie, our yeah. lamb burger, and yeah. you know, our lamb bur- our Kobe burger. Or, you know our you know we just approach it. Somewhere. Yeah, I, I think
5: like people have this like idea in their mind about a burger on a menu, and anytime somebody says that, I'm like, well, let's take the spotted pig and let's talk about they have a Michelin star for the last ten years, and what's the thing that's on there? It's a lamb burger. Yeah, you know, and it's like I think. You have execution and skill and 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 that goes into what you do, and you can make anything taste good. I mean, look even when we're at you know at Roberta 's, it's like the pizza here is phenomenal yeah. and you know there's 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 New York like you can get pizza in every corner you yeah. know, but why do people come to bushwick yeah. and it's that atmosphere and that creation? I think what we do at midnights is that because we believe that the food revolution is changing and where Mm -hmm. it's going. People wanna eat smarter, they wanna eat healthier. Mm -hmm. They don't want to leave a restaurant feeling gluttoned and like they have a you know a rock in their stomach. (laughs) And I think you can come and you can actually have three courses at midnight. And and you feel light. Yeah. You know, And, and that's what we want. I think all of us that work there you know that put our passion to this. We are all very healthy people. You know, and I think that's we want to translate. Well, we we that. were when we ago. Yeah, yeah, yeah. uh, <laughs> yeah. yeah. oh, I don't know, but I still wear the veggie yeah. butter every day. <laughs> so I mean, we're getting into that, and, I, and and I we wanted to keep that idea. And you know, we're in New York, and you can't lie to people anymore. They're going to the farmers' market with you. They're seeing the cost of things, and it's like you know, when we talk about buying these these fresh ingredients, it's like yeah, we can do that. But now we need to translate it to the people that just bought that yeah. around the corner at the farmers' market. You know, and so it's always trying to find that happy balance, that happy medium, but doing what we love, putting it into the food, and then letting it translate itself.
4: Yeah. Um, what is the secret of building a good veggie burger?
2: Well, I mean, so, so I, you know, I mean, they call us a, they, a lot of people want when they say we're an Asian restaurant. We're, yeah. we're not. But yeah. we, we do a lot of ingredients. So what we do with this veggie burger, uh, we use uh, azuki beans mm. as well as Japanese brown rice, mm. which we mix with uh, shiitake mushrooms as well. And 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 we do a little it's like really no binder. It's just like we puree a little bit, mix a little bit, and then we use quinoa oh. as well. So we call it quinoa and quinoa three three colored quinoa. And it makes like this really nice burger that has like I use a little actually I use a little razal Alnut mm. uh curry powder. So it as it's like really, it's a really nice burger, named, and the, and it's all about what the cumin aioli on it, yep. As well as the uh, we do a smoked beet, uh, smoked beet uh, remoulade.
5: Yeah, I, I think the trick is to make it taste like a burger. Yeah, <clears throat> like, yeah. You, you eat yeah. this thing, and, and it tastes like you're eating a burger, but it's all veggies.
4: I think I could listen to you talk about <laughs> how you make your food all day. <laughs> <laughs> it's like oh, it's good. Um, well, I want to thank you guys for for coming on the show. Um, where can people find you? Where can they uh, like you know come check you out?
1: Get marketing. Guys Yeah, yeah. uh, yeah. Now we're uh, we're right off the Bedford stop in Williamsburg, so we're on North Six, right near Bedford, right behind that New York Muffins, one forty nine. We're hashtag Midnight's Brooklyn, old uh, Sakura place. It was yeah, yeah, exactly. And And then then it was like yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. And uh, you know, you find us uh, at Midnight's BK and Facebook and all that good stuff, Yelp midnightsbk.com. Yeah. Oh, yeah. what,
4: are the, what are the hours? When does when does the late night menu kick in?
1: So the late night right now we're doing Thursday night, Friday night, Saturday night, and it starts at eleven. Oh, perfect. Yeah, yeah. yeah. we open so. for happy hour at four thirty.
5: We dollar do like,
2: oysters and they're yeah.
5: good oysters, yeah. Yeah. not yeah. Yeah. Virginia oysters. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. We do happy hour from four thirty to seven. Yeah. Um, and, and if you, you're on
4: the corner from Mason, you gotta yeah. come, you, come yeah, correct. Yeah, 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 yeah it's true. To.
5: Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, we do happy hour four thirty to seven Monday through Friday. Um, we do dinner seven nights a week. Um, Sunday we close a little earlier, but uh, Thursday through Saturday up until 4 a.m. And we have
1: Um, rotating DJs throughout the week. Yeah. Awesome. Check it out online. Cool. Yeah, music is important there.
4: Uh, Well, thanks for coming by. Um, We're going to take another quick musical break, and then we'll be back with Wall live in studio here on Snacky Tunes. Thank you.
1: Thanks, Greg. Thank Thank you.
4: Uh, Wall, welcome to Snacky Tunes as Hi. you guys get kind of adjusted in here Thank you um, Do you want to go around the room and introduce yourselves? Sure
7: I'm Vanessa Hi Vanessa Hi Vanessa plays drums
4: <laughs> so. Yeah That is actually the first time we've ever set drums up that way and I think you like <laughs> actually well no, it's always been facing out and you actually just solved our, our like sound issue with drums so You're now welcome. forever we can have full kits in here again She's a genius Yeah
8: You're welcome My to yeah. <laughs> <I> Play Guitar <laughs>
7: Uh, my
6: name's Sam. I do vocals. And my name's Elizabeth, and I play bass and sing backup.
4: Um, interesting fact: Sam and I have known each other for eleven years. That's crazy. Yeah. Uh, although I did not know you were in this band, but um, you worked with my brother back in Austin when you were like fifteen.
7: It's true. A really nice sound. Yeah, it's a good sound. It's okay. <laughs> it's internet radio. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, I had no idea that it was you who's going to be doing this because I didn't set it up. Vanessa did.
4: Yeah, I but feel then. I feel like I've run across you like every like two to three years in like a random setting, and you're always like, I'm saying, I was like, I know who you are. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. I mean. <laughs> well,
7: I never know which one you are. Oh yeah, that's beginning. fair. Yeah, well, that, fair I mean, that, that's
4: That's absolutely true. So welcome to Snacky Tunes. It's good to have you all here. Um, let's just kind of start off with like the really important question uh, which you sent over if my band was a pizza what toppings would my bandmates be because like that seems like the best icebreaker that we've never had on this show so yeah Yeah. so um which uh, which pizza toppings would your bandmates be
9: I feel like we should go around and like have to say like in a circle. I think I'm cheese. No, 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 no. I think you're pineapple.
6: Oh, okay. <laughs> I think Vanessa should just say who she thinks cuz yeah. Well, it's, I
9: really don't. I haven't.
6: You don't think that you I don't have a topping for each of us? I haven't thought of it. Out you can't actually. even make one up right now. I think I think this is cheese. <laughs> and then what Sam? But cheese isn't Sam a top, just pineapple.
4: to be clear. Cheese is not a topping. Well, well, I don't so. think
7: so. It kind of is. I mean, unless
4: like you your favorite type of pizza is tomato pie, which is like not a default
7: <laughs> my favorite type of pizza is plain cheese pizza. Yeah. That's why I chose cheese. Yeah.
8: I mean mine would be pepperoni because that's my favorite. But yeah. I
7: feel like the ingredients should describe you.
9: To mm. So you get well, cheese,
4: Ben's yeah. gets cheese.
9: Yeah.
8: I'm a little spicy. <laughs> oh, okay. No, you you know. you're not. <laughs> Um,
4: why pineapple? Yeah.
9: Vanessa, are you a pepperoncini
6: then? Yeah. <laughs> uh,
9: I would, yeah.
4: Was this really just a way for you to, to call your own topping?
6: She just wants to be a pepperoncini. Sure. Okay. What yeah. am I then? Sausage. Sausage? That's no. true. Or that's what I was thinking.
7: Really? Sam literally just
9: said what I was thinking. I feel like you're an olive. Um,
4: So you're all mostly from Texas, right? We're all All, from Texas. All from Texas. Um, Did you know each other then, or did you all meet here?
6: Sam and I did.
4: Okay. Yeah,
7: Elizabeth and I were the only people who knew each other, pre moving in New York.
4: Oh, okay. Uh, And then how did you all meet here?
9: Mutual friends at a show. Uh, Actually, the first time I really ever talked to Elizabeth was when she was producing this um, Yeah. This film for a friend that actually we just all finally saw for the first time a couple of weeks ago yeah. and did a show for. What
6: was the movie? It was a it's an art film that a friend of mine is making or has been making that ha- recreated a scene from the Deaf Club, which was this punk club that happened in uh, San Francisco in the late '70s. And so I just needed like I needed two bands to pretend to be Tuxedo Moon and I can't remember the other one, one of those other like SF era bands. And then we needed a crowd, so we got Future Punks to be one of the bands. And then Vanessa came because she was friends with Future Punks, and she was just in the audience. She makes a great cameo as like an insanely <laughs> drunk person on <laughs> someone's shoulders, throwing beers. Yeah. Uh, unfortunately, the show is not still up, but it was at the Knockdown Center, and then we played the we played the fun like the closing, like the closing night. Um, the whole thing about it is it's incorporating deaf culture, so yeah. they had someone. Um, and they had an interpreter like interpreting our lyrics like while we played. Oh, amazing. It was pretty yeah, it was a really, like,
7: really wild experience yeah. to have someone else on stage with us. and then also to watch like the the audience in attendance that were like part of the deaf community would sign the lyrics back like they were singing along. That was it was like really, yeah, super it was into really it. cool.
4: That's really amazing. It really,
8: I'm, it's very rare that you play a show. And then at the end of a song, you hear nothing. It's yeah.
6: Because <laughs> yeah. they shake their hands yeah, instead of clapping. Really, uh, kind
3: of uh, which the whole audience was deaf? Pretty much.
6: Primarily. like oh. Definitely
7: like 80% of the audience was deaf. Well,
4: death. I mean, it's kind of crazy because, like, you know, it's generally only at the biggest events of all time do you see, like, interpreter. S- interpreter, right? You don't see him at, and those lyrics are, like, pretty straightforward, you know? And they're not that fast. Like, the songs are, like, a, a bit of a slower tempo, but, you know, playing something like this or something that's a different uh, thing, how do you feel... Um, like were the, was the response just like could you see them like being so appreciative and
7: it was cool people were definitely into it it was hard just like the way the stage was set up and lights to see when we were playing but our other friends bands played and watching the audience react to them playing made me feel like so much more justified in like doing what we did cuz for us it like it's a little it's a little uh it's just different mm-hmm. uh, it's more of like like Ben said, it's totally silent, and so but watching them react like physically and like signing along and like dancing and how they react to the hearing community in the room, mm-hmm. and if those people are like physically reacting, they'll like feed off the energy of that. It was it was it was super cool.
8: Yeah, our friends uh, Future Punks played, and they play a lot of uh, you know four on the floor dance music, and you know everybody got up and was dancing along. It's really uh, it was really cool. Very very quietly dancing along. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
4: <laughs> it's a quiet dancer. Uh, wait, so then, how did you guys form as a as a band?
9: Well, it's like I, I met Elizabeth at a show. I've known Sam for a while. Yeah. As we all just have a bunch of mutual friends, but I saw Elizabeth at a show. She kind of thought we should jam, see how, like what where it goes, and then everyone, we just, I don't know, came together. Yeah, It's funny because
7: Elizabeth and Vanessa got together a couple times and then I remember hearing that they had done that and me and Vince were sitting at my kitchen table one night and I was like, Elizabeth and Vanessa are like getting together and jamming. I feel like we should just go and see what happens if all four of us are in the room.
6: And I was in a band back in Austin. So I was in a band for like four years. Shout them out. Finally Punk. Oh, yeah. Perhaps you've heard of it. Yeah. Um, And so I still have good
4: friends from Austin and everything. Yeah. So the transmission guys, well, RIP, but transmission guys, (laughs) yeah.
6: So I was... uh, And then I'd gone to Berlin for three years, and there's like no band culture there. So then living back in New York, we're a place where there's like bands again. I was like, oh, maybe I should be in a band again. And so then I heard that Vanessa was practicing, so... That's
4: awesome. Um, can we hear a song? Yeah. Yeah. What are you going to play? This, okay. this one is
7: actually, uh, so the very first time we ever got together to um, see what would happen, just to jam and find out, we yeah. wrote this song in the first, like, 20 minutes. So we're going to play that song. one. What would you say? It's a special song. Okay. <laughs> because we just, it was the one that, like, after 20 minutes of jamming, we were like, oh, we just wrote a song. I guess we can be a band. Oh, okay. So this is that. What's it called? It's called Last Date. It's, okay. a, it's, our, it's on the EP, yeah. Uh,
4: I know you kind of run into a lot of things, but uh, you also run into a lot of animals. So what are some (laughs) of the favorite cats that you've encountered
7: (laughs) on the road? Oh, okay, Well, it doesn't have to be on the road, but definitely my favorite cat is Ram Jam. Yeah, Ram Jam, who you're going to see soon.
6: Yeah, we have a cat who starred in our our latest music video that hasn't come out yet, but she's a big part of it. Oh, yeah? Couldn't have done it without her. She's a flat-faced Persian. I, I she don't. gets
7: in this air You know, the ones with the noses are so? Oh, yeah. I don't know what they call her that. Her face is, like, almost inverted. It's amazing to look yeah. at.
4: Is flat face Persian, like, the actual name, or do you just, like, I think that's what they should be called?
6: I, that's what I called it. <laughs> okay. I mean, she's definitely a Persian. I don't know what they call them when they have the flat faces.
4: Oh. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. I don't know. What's her
7: stage name, her, her, her casual name is Ram Jam.
4: I mean, did you uh, run into uh, Ram Jam, or was, uh, like, did you do a cat casting call?
6: She is the the guys who put out our EP. She she's uh, one of their cats. This guy Tripp. So okay. she was she was a shoe in from the beginning. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> she had it on lock.
8: Yeah, they're uh, they're our 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 label. But uh, his Warpcat, Warpcat his cat records. records.
6: They set a green point. His Instagram yeah. is fully devoted to her. If anybody wants to check it out.
4: Oh, I mean, you got to get your like pet Instagram game on. There's like some lucrative.
6: There's a hashtag Ram Jam, so
4: oh, okay. everybody can check that Ram out. Jam. Yeah. Okay. I mean, I mean, they're just piggybacking off of your hard work just to launch <laughs> Ram Jam. I would definitely be very I mean, suspicious. We're taking a
7: percentage. Yeah, <laughs> of course. <laughs>
4: um, early points on on All the it.
7: cat food ads.
4: Um so you mentioned like obviously no band culture in uh Berlin, but um where you're from in Austin is like such a great right. music scene. Do you feel do you have connections to any bands back there? Is there like a little bit of New York Austin love or is your running crew mostly uh New York? I mean, I've been
6: uh, I've been gone for so long. Sam maybe still does.
7: Yeah, I mean I still have friends who make music uh there. I've been in New York for like five and a half years now. Um but definitely, I don't feel associated with that music culture, like because I wasn't doing music when I was there. So, like my mm. my music culture is here. We have a, an amazing community in New York of bands and incredibly talented musicians that we run with all the time, and we're almost never playing a show unless we know someone else is doing it, which feels really sure. special.
6: And you know, a lot of them have Texas connections, like uh, you know, like are from other towns in Texas and stuff like that.
7: Only Elizabeth and I are from Austin. Mm. Um, yeah. Vanessa and Vince grew up in other parts of Texas. Mm-hmm.
6: And then all the bands I was playing with in Austin are you know, defunct now, because that was like 10 years ago.
8: Yeah, I'm from Beaumont, and there's actually a there's been a live music scene there for a long time, and a really cool punk scene, uh, a lot of great bands. This band called The Put Downs was a big fan of. Uh, Austin Brown from Parquet Courts, he's from Beaumont as well. Um, which actually, I, Hal
7: Benson
8: and I have met. Yeah, yeah, well, I, whenever I moved, first moved to New York, I was staying with Austin,
6: is there a current scene in Beaumont, though? Like, is there a yeah, current yeah, band yeah. in Beaumont? I mean, there's a, it's an
8: ongoing scene. There's, like, uh, tons of bands that, that continue to play. I don't think it's as punk as it used to be. Like, it's sort of, indies sort of become the takeover genre. And then there's a lot of bluegrass and folk there. Uh, there's a band called Purple from Beaumont who are doing really well. It's a good um, band name. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Right. And then uh, Ringo Death Star, two of the members of From Beaumont as well, which I helped Elliot formed that band like many years ago before they found their <laughs> yeah, Alex, lineup. Yeah,
7: who plays bass and Ring of is probably my main music connection left in Austin, Texas. They've all lived in Austin for a long time now and they tour and stuff so I get to see her more frequently than I do with other people who are making music.
8: I mean, most of our musician friends here in New York are all from Texas. It's, right. It's kind of crazy how many uh, prominent Bands in New York are where the musicians are from Texas. It's kind of funny.
7: Like, we didn't yeah. meet them until we moved here, which makes it even yeah. more yeah. weird.
4: I mean, I, I mean Austin. I think out of almost or in Texas, as well, like such a music tied to that state. I feel like here there's music, but just like one aspect of it. Obviously, is other parts of Texas, but I feel like music has always been so deeply associated with that state.
9: Yeah. Especially in Denton, that's where I know most of the music yeah. crew up here. I, I went to college with them, and that was such a. A great community for music. I don't know what it's like so much now. but I mean,
4: Denton, like Midlake and all those bands that, that yeah. came out of there. Yeah, that was like one of my first it, it was Austin, but Denton was like the other yeah. Texas town that where, I knew.
6: Where are you from? Like, where'd you go to high school? Uh
4: Lower Marion High School. Kobe, Do what? Where Kobe played. Wait, where? <laughs> Lower Marion High School.
6: Lower Manhattan High Lower School?
4: Lower Marion. <laughs> where Phil- is that? But in what? Philadelphia. Oh, you're like, from West, Philadelphia. Yeah. Oh, you're so not I, from
6: Texas. No, but uh, I spent a lot of time there.
4: Like I said, my brother went there a long time ago and got to No, a lot of like that was like kind of our second home after
6: uh oh so you didn't live there as long as your brother did Mm -mm. oh yeah but just i know your brother too
4: oh really yeah how do you know my brother
6: from living in austin oh okay yeah
4: oh wait
6: i'm from austin
4: wait you're the friend yeah. Oh, okay. I am, we met a lot. I don't know, but I I get it. But we I came
6: to your DJ night in like 2006 or something yeah. after my old band played like CMJ or something. Which band? Yeah. When
4: we
7: were all uh, visiting finally New York. punk. Oh okay. and yeah, I was yeah. Here with Oh yeah. Sam yeah. came too. In New York. Yeah. We night, played Bowery Ballroom. Oh. Like a big and then we were all there.
4: Oh okay. Um, can we hear another song? yeah Yeah. <laughs> We're gonna uh, go, now this, that we've
6: resurrected that ghost, we're, we're yeah. gonna
4: just go down memory lane <laughs> yeah, agree. for the rest uh, of this thing. We're just gonna bring in friends that you've met. It's Like you might remember this person. You, <laughs> might,
7: remember, you might.
6: This remember is them. this, was your, this was your life. Yeah, this was yeah.
7: your life. Um, let's do uh, milk next.
4: Uh, Vanessa, you mentioned that some of your favorite songs are about food.
9: (laughs) (laughs) Uh, The first two that I think of... Um, are both about sandwiches and I really love the I mean to talk about Finally Punk again okay. <laughs> this song that Elizabeth wrote about making a sandwich and like telling a boy like it, no you can't have any I think it's hilarious. that was the first song Finally Punk ever wrote it's genius I <laughs> it's love called it. jazz hit yeah yeah makes no sense and then my fa- my other favorite one about a sandwich is by Mika Miko and oh, yeah. that turkey turkey sandwich I think it's just called yeah. so good I don't know what,
4: what is it about the songs that, uh, that grab you
9: you know, it's not really the lyrical content. I don't know why. It just, like, grabs me, and then I'm like, oh, it's funny, it's about a sandwich. <laughs> yeah. Does
4: yeah. it make you, like, want to have a sandwich afterwards, or no. irrelevant?
9: Totally irrelevant. <laughs> just a coincidence.
4: Um, so I know you guys um, have the video coming out with Ramdam, and uh, it's going to, like, break the internet wide open. Um, what, what else are you guys working on?
6: Uh, we're probably going to go on tour in the fall. Um, we're still working that out. And then we're working on a LP Ideally for release next year,
7: and we're also doing uh, we're doing Northside, um, in June. more recently, yeah, and, and in the near future, <laughs> in, like two, yeah. in like two, in like two, in like two weeks, we're gonna play Northside, yeah. which should be pretty fun. I'm just looking to use my wristband and every possible connection I have to see Brian Wilson play Pet Sounds. I
4: mean, I'm, I'm, just, I'm,
7: I'm already like asking everybody I know, can I go? Can I go? Can I go? I,
4: I think you can. They, I think I can. What's crazy is that I told my friend about it like two weeks ago, and there were still tickets. Oh. For to see him, which is crazy. That's to me. crazy. It's crazy to me that like that that did not sell out immediately.
7: Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. We had a bunch of friends down at Levitation that got canceled. Which and, is,
4: like, such a bummer. Which is a
7: big deal, because Brian Wilson was going to play all of that yeah. Sounds, and I almost went just to go see that, and then I found out that he was doing Northside, and I was like, great. <laughs> I we're almost, also playing I know. North Side. I
4: also went down, almost like booked a flight just to go see it, but <laughs> yeah. I think he's he's playing. I, I think this is just the beginning of, of that, or I hope it is.
7: Yeah, and it, it, that's so that's in two weeks. So we're going to play. We have a couple of fun Northside showcases, one with Warp Cat Records and one with Post Trash. Um, over that weekend it should be pretty fun and, and then trying to see Brian
6: Wilson and they were playing on June 1st that's the most recent time we're playing at Shea Stadium
7: yeah on Ju- June 1st we've been on a pretty intense mega tour of New York City in the last couple <laughs> months we've played like 12 shows in the last 8 weeks we played 4 we played 4 shows in the first week of May everything from Webster Hall to Silent Barn so we're on a oh yeah sorry.
3: We're on a, I can yeah. get pretty
7: tired we're on a we've been on a pretty mega it,
4: yeah but I mean that's like but that's great I mean, yeah. just especially, like, for early days, like, why wouldn't, I mean, why wouldn't you? Yeah,
6: now we know what every venue is like, because yeah. otherwise you have venues riding you, and you're like, well, I don't know, I've never seen one of you, well, you know, so now your, we've played all of them. What's
4: your, uh, what's your, your top two?
6: Uh, we, I mean, I don't know, we really like Rough Trade, I feel like every time we're going to play there, we're excited, right?
7: A is nice, um, there's, like, such a spectrum, you know, like, playing Aviv is obviously extremely yeah, different cool. than playing Webster Hall, like, yeah. I like Aviv, and the, it's like a true, sh- like, yeah. can they curse? I don't know. We just, yeah. we just <laughs> don't At that.
6: Aviv, we just played, like, one of the best shows we've ever played. So that definitely colors how you feel about the location. I just yeah. think
7: that it's, like, there's so few true, like, shithole venues left. And Aviv is just, like, actually a shitty warehouse, and people live there, and, and it's a mess. Inside. And you can smoke inside. It's just, like, it's a, it's a disaster. But like, How's the sound system? You know, Amazing. It, surprisingly, it didn't, it was, like, sounded much better than we thought it was going to.
8: You know, on, like, I, I like to measure venues by how good their sound system is or sound engineer. You know, mm-hmm. I, I really don't care about if the audience likes it or not. It's like, how good <laughs> does it sound? Yeah. You know? um, but if you, like, I mean, you walk in there and you're like, oh, man, this is going to be a nightmare. Look at this. <laughs> stacks. This sucks, man. But, like, the guy, the engineer, I forgot his name. was it? Griffin. Griffin, yeah, yeah. He's like, all right, what do you need? You know, he came in and he's like, yeah, feel free to turn up as loud as you want. We're like,
6: oh. So who knows if it's, like, Aviv or it's Griffin or, you know, or just, like, a weird magic that happened that night.
8: it it usually is, like,
4: both both halves of the whole. You know, like, if it was someone else or another system. But um, there's, like, some places where, like, you know, if you turn, like, your amp just, like, they're like, just turn it just this way, just a little bit. That's the magic as opposed to, like, that. And, like, that's where the engineer really knows how to, like, play the room as well as the, the yeah. band does.
3: Yeah.
6: But I know, like, at Rough Trade, like, the first show we ever played there was insane. Like, so good. And we've never had that engineer again. And, like, yeah. we kind of, or at least I, like, kind of miss him. You yeah. know? I'm like, oh, I wish he would come back and, like, make it sound like that again. You know?
8: Yeah. Sound engineers of the world, if you're listening, we love you.
6: Yeah. yeah.
4: We love you.
8: No, I mean, they are definitely the make or break. And they
6: totally. definitely have,
4: like, yeah. you know, if like, um you know warning to the band that overlooks the sound engineer or like oh, treats yeah. them just like um mm, like this
7: no, we've definitely experienced the full gamut within our full range of venues full range of engineers and how even if you're playing a warehouse that's split in half horizontally like aviv it can still sound good or you can play rough trade with someone who doesn't know what they're doing and then you're in a big room and it doesn't sound good at all Fair
4: so. um well um i want to make sure we get time for one more song but uh where can people find you, find your music, watch your cat videos, uh, check you out on
7: tour. Our website is uh, wearewall.com, and it has links to everything that you need on it, basically. But uh, all
6: our social media is all, also We Are Wall. So, like, Instagram, Facebook, blah, blah, blah. We okay. Yeah. Um, blah, blah, blah.
7: That's that's the place. It'll, it'll have links to, like, wherever the video gets released, and all of our shows are on our website. And
8: Yeah, we have a, a music video up already on YouTube uh, that was... Um, out by Super Deluxe and uh, shot by Richard Kern. So pretty, pretty cool. It's
4: pretty Vince good. is really
6: excited to tell people he's been shot by Kern. Oh yeah, yeah, oh, yeah.
8: He's
7: finally a
6: Kern girl. He put yeah. it. Yeah. He put it. He put it on his modeling resume. <laughs>
4: <laughs> um, well, we want to um, quick shout out uh, thanks to Midnight's guys to, to coming by and thanks for Dave, our own engineer, for making this sound so yeah, good. Dave. Thanks, the, Dave. the unsung but sometimes sung uh, hero. Uh, hello to the world. Well, thanks for coming on. This was pretty great. Sam, good to see you guys. Thanks for having me. Yeah, Yeah,
7: nice to see you too. It's crazy. 11 years later. 11 years
4: later. um, What's the name of the song you're going to take us out with? Uh, Circus. Uh, Okay, we will be back uh, next week with another episode of Snacky Tunes.
7: Thank you.